Back in the early 90s, I lived in Seattle, Washington. I moved there from Indiana. I transferred colleges. And uh, living in Seattle in the early 90s was such a great time to be there. Musically, just totally insane. Uh, Soundgarden, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Sub Pop, just, yeah, yeah, uh, Screaming Trees. Can I get some Sunny Day Real Estate? Uh, and then sliding into the Foo Fighters, Transfigalicious Nation, transformation into the Foo Fighters. Such a great time to live there. And one of the other, one of the other things about Seattle is it's totally open. Oh my gosh, it's basically almost like living in Canada. So they didn't care that much about cannabis at the time. You know, they, they had other harder drug issues to worry about. So it was, I mean, for me at the time, was a great time to be there for many reasons. Now, I don't do any drugs right now, but this story's got a deep drug overtone because typically I like to say I've done enough drugs to kill a small nation. Sometimes I find it slightly amazing that I'm not a little worse off than I am, I guess is the only way I can say it. Uh so, yeah, I moved to Seattle and then I got in to the University of Washington and then I moved to the university district. I ended up meeting this guy named Dave Davey, uh, who's not the dangerous Dave I'm about to talk about. But I met Dave Davey at a pool hall and then we just connected. I ended up meeting uh, my good friend, all my good friends and my future roommates at the time. And then I also met Drew, who owned Bottom Bracket, who lived in the same house as uh, where as Sunny Day Real Estate, where they would practice. And of course, Sunny Day Real Estate broke up and eventually became the Foo Fighters with the other half of Nirvana. So just an interesting little twist there. I did a podcast uh, not that long ago about that whole thing. Crazy. Um, but yeah, my friend Dave Davey said, oh, you should, you should, because I was living in Kent, Washington at the time. He's like, oh, you should just move to Seattle. He's like, go to the housing board, pull something off the wall and uh, find a place to live here in the university district. And that's exactly what I did. I went to the, the student union. I looked at the wall for roommates and I saw a flyer and I knew that was where I wanted to live. I pulled that flyer down because I didn't want anyone else to get it except me. And then I knock on the door and who opens the door? Stacy, yeah, my good friend who I, I just saw maybe two years ago, very good friend and Niles. Two of my deep, deep, long-term friends who have a very special place in my heart. All my friends from that Seattle time. But yeah, so I ended up living with Niles and Stacy uh, at this place. And then somehow we ended up moving. And I ended up living in the basement of Stacy's place in this small little place with this other guy named Dangerous Dave. This is where the story starts to get pretty good. We lived near Roosevelt Street. Um, now, at this time, I was kind of in free spirit mode. I was, uh, this is pre-Buddhism, and I was doing a lot of drugs, mind you. And I was experimenting a lot in a, a somewhat cleaner way. We were eating a lot of really clean mushrooms and uh, taking a lot of really clean LSD. Uh, and I was doing a lot of experimentation, a lot of fasting, uh, just trying to power punch these mushrooms, breathing exercises. Uh, and I had, yeah, I don't even want to go there. I'm just going to tell you. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. We used to hang out at this place called the Monkey Pub. 
and their slogan was, and it was written on the on the on the storefront on the side, "Beer and pool for the weird and cool." Okay, and it definitely was a dive bar, right? Local dive bar, really hip spot. And, you know, there used to be this place by the Roosevelt Park. There's this one little end of road near the park that would let uh, travelers who lived in their vehicle just kind of park there. Very interesting scene. I should actually do a podcast on that because there were some pretty cool people that would just stay there for a couple days and move on. And it, it that in itself was its own scene. But a lot of those people would hang out at the Monkey Pub, right? And the Monkey Pub was, yeah, it was definitely weird and cool. A lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, a lot of underground people, a lot of alternative people. Just, yeah, weird and cool for the beer and pool for the weird and cool. And it, I'll tell you what, it certainly was. I'm drinking a little Robius tea right now. So, I, you know, this is also the summer that my younger brother, Estevan, came out to live with us in Seattle. And, uh, yeah, we were all partying. We were going to dead shows, and I saw Pink Floyd that year. And, and uh, yeah, we Oregon Country Fair. I mean, hemp festivals, concerts, just living the life in Seattle in the early 90s, just having a good, good time, maybe too good. Can I say that? Can I say that? So, yeah, you know, we were chomping on a lot of mushrooms and we decided to go to the Monkey Pub. And, you know, we got there kind of early, probably six o'clock. It was Dangerous Dave. Yeah, I I, I got nothing. I got nothing about Dangerous Dave. And then my brother and we were all living in this little apartment underneath Stacy and Niles. (laughs) Oh, my word. Yeah, we get to the monkey pub, we're hanging out, and then Dangerous Dave is like, hey, you guys wanna you guys wanna drop some acid? And uh, you know, the first thing I just thought was LSD in public. I, I don't know. But the next thing you know, I got I got a hit of acid on my tongue, and so does my brother, and so does Dangerous Dave. And we I, we went into a time warp. It was probably like 6:40 when we started, and I drank more beer that night than I probably drank in the, the, the year before and the year after because I'm not that affected by it. The, the, the LSD overpowers that. But this night was just crazy insane. Like, people had to know we were tripping. I'm positive other people were tripping too because at this time, there was a lot of really clean, and I mean clean, LSD floating around Seattle. And the night was just, I, I, I don't want to go too much into it because there were parts of it that seemed like a time warp. You know, I mean, it was 640 when we started. We're drinking some beers. You know, we're going out back smoking joints, this kind of thing. You know, I'm smoking a lot of tobacco at the time. You can still smoke inside. We're shooting pool. We're having a good time. Then it's like 9 o'clock. Then it's like 11 o'clock. And all I remember is just laughter and just weird moments and almost freaking out at times. But having, you know, feeling somewhat comfortable in this public weird industrial space, which is usually not my thing when I'm on hallucinogenics. Mostly it's like kind of outside nature stuff. But I don't know. I thought I'd push it a little bit. Go industrial. (laughs) Crazy. Totally crazy. But you know what? It's starting to get late night. I think it's close to last call. I don't I don't even know. 
I don't even know. But I just remember we're. I don't. We were tripping so hard. My brother and I. We even paused for a moment. Like I, we were just talking. Like we can't believe we're here right now, tripping this hard, uh, in just at this pub. Like just hanging out. Like it's nothing, right? And then what comes on the radio? <laughs> jukebox hero by foreigner and the place lit up like it's just one of those one of those scenes and one of those moments and one of those areas at one of those times when this song just i mean this song was what everybody wanted to hear and i mean the everything elevated tenfold the place was rocking man <laughs> My brother and I were stunned. I mean, the, they were rocking Jukebox Hero. And I remember because there were people there that had been there as long as we had been there because either they were tripping or this is just what they did was hang out at the Monkey Pub, right? Oh, my word. And I just remember this girl when playing, you know, Jukebox Hero's playing and she's dancing around and she came by us. Just She's got her pool cue in hand and she's just dancing and she just takes this huge jump and just lands right in front of me and just touches me on the forehead and she's like, you're my Jukebox Hero. And then she spun off and was playing pool and, oh, it was such a funky moment. And then the guitar solo came on and this other guy, he was on the other side of the pool table and he just went into an air guitar like... I'm like deep yeah. air guitar. Yeah. My brother, who's a professional yeah. classical yeah. guitarist and can shred uh. Iron Maiden and heavy metal like nobody's business, he was even impressed. This guy was blazing the air guitar, and as the solo was coming to an end, he was like fading down behind the pool table, leaning back, just rocking out. We were so blown away by this jukebox hero moment at the Monkey Pub. Oh, my word now mind you we we are tripping on acid <laughs> okay and i mean i don't condone drugs i don't use drugs anymore i i don't even drink coffee right now i was basically all i get some caffeine in green tea and that's not even that much there right but this is part of my life and it's a story that i'm telling i guess this podcast in the the next one uh, they're just crazy barroom moments, you know, and, and uh, I was thinking about what I wanted to do for podcast number 217. And I thought, oh, OK, this one just kept coming up. And, I, I, you know, I've been avoiding telling a number of stories like this because my podcast is usually about one handed things. And, well, it's just morphed into this. I'm in season five, so I'm 218 podcasts in. I figure I might as well sh share some other parts of who I am and uh I just remember my brother and I, when that dude faded down at the end of that guitar solo, we just started cheering and the whole place went up. I mean, it was, it was an incredible, incredible moment. Even if we weren't tripping, it'd be pretty cool. But everybody in that place was lit up. I, I'm pretty sure that the bartender back in the mid early 90s, he was dealing something or passing something out or you know, just people were smoking herb in the bar, out back. I mean, it was just a common occurrence in Seattle at the time. Like, police didn't really care that much about it, had other things to deal with. But, man, the Monkey Pub. And then I just looked up the Monkey Pub. I, I kind of didn't think it'd still be there, but it's still rocking on Roosevelt Street in Seattle. And uh, it's called the Neighborhood Dive Bar. And they do karaoke, and they have artistic stuff there. And it's just... 
you know, people go there and drink and yeah, they just, it is what it is, my friends. Beer and pool for the weird and cool. All right. And with that, my friends, this is my catch up podcast, giving you a little something as special with a cherry on top, just because I missed that one day last week and I made it up. So tune in to podcast 217 and 218. And let's see, my friends, what 219 will bring. And with that, I got to go. See, I told you he's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets.